to help support this podcast and get exclusive bonus content and rewards, make a monthly pledge at patreon.com slash universe box. And, and remember, remember to, to think, think outside. We're supposed to find this, right? We're supposed to open it, right? Then tell me something, John. If we're supposed to open it, then why the hell haven't we opened it yet? The island will send us a sign. The island will send us a sign. All that's happening now is our faith is being tested, our commitment. But we will open it. The island will show us how. What kind of sign will the island send us? Did you see that? Teresa falls up the stairs. Teresa falls down the stairs. Teresa falls up the stairs. Teresa falls down the stairs. Teresa falls up the stairs. Don't take it back. We have a confession. We've never watched Lost. Now we're tired of hearing about it, so we're finally watching the hit TV show for the first time. Come along with us to the island. And please stay close by because we're we're so lost. We need to find that plane. We're also re-watching classic ABC TV series Lost uh, for the first time. Uh, As we said in in the theme song, I'm Bill Meeks. I'm Anne-Marie D. Simone. And this, you can't see it, but my phone's over here because we're on Facebook Live, too. We are on Facebook Live, and it's over there. It's over there. Well, it's over yeah. there for me. We decided to do a little uh, bit of preamble for the show. We, we decided you guys might want to know what it's like when we set up uh, for the show. So if, if you want to check out that video, go to f- uh, facebook.com slash groups slash we're so lost or slash universe box or, or slash 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 or slash slash slash. slash. We, we'll, we'll, we'll probably link slash to the it. hatch. We'll probably link to it in the show notes for this week's episode at we're so lost.com too. Uh, but we, we do want to say, you know, we usually record Thursday nights, 830 or 835 as the case may be PM EST at live.universebox.com. And we're usually joined by our chatters, which sometimes is, is several. Lucero. And tonight it's just Michael Lucero. Some more people might pop in there as we go on. We can only hope. But uh, thank you, Michael Lucero, for being there. You are the man. You are the man. Okay, so uh, Anne-Marie, before we get started talking about this week's crazy, crazy depressing episode of Lost, uh, why don't you go ahead and let people know about our spoiler policy? Spoilers! Don't give me them. I don't want it. I don't want it. Just keep it to yourself. No. Basically, you can hint at things. You can insinuate. Don't give me any specifics. We don't want to <laughs> know who dies, who gets pseudo-married on the island, who's having babies, what sex those babies are. The internet spoiled me on things. Um, Just by clicking the internet. Who knew that there were spoilers on the internet? There are. There are, there even are. when you're not looking for can them. Can you believe it? Which is why I don't need y'all sending <laughs> me more spoilers or anything like that. So basically... Basically, if we make a crazy prediction, which we think is absolutely crazy, and you're giggling to yourself because it happens in the next two episodes, mm-hmm. continue to giggle to yourself. And you can even go giggle in our chat room or something, but don't don't be like, y'all got it. Nail on head. You you got that one. We don't yeah, want that. Yeah, like, you can do for, that after the fact. For an example, you know, uh, you can say, you know, Locke has a special connection to Walmart, but you can't say Locke. Was it really Walmart? But it, it seemed like Walmart. Oh. But you can't say Locke was fired from Walmart by trying to get his fellow employees to unionize. That's a spoiler. <laughs> That's an absolute spoiler. And we won't have that. And we won't we have, have any, none of that. This is a non-union shop. We're podcast. We're independent. We're cool. Uh, cool. 
Yeah. I don't know about that. But Walmart should unionize. Anne-Marie, why don't you go ahead and hit us up with the rhyming episode summary? <gasps> Locke having hair is a stark revelation. His job at Walmart is beneath his true station. Mommy's appearance sends Locke to his dad. Dad's bank account's good, but his kidney is bad. Is the light in the hatch really so vital? Duces Machina is this episode's title. Duces Machina! That I couldn't find a rhyme to. Well, Marie. what rhymes with machina? <laughs> not a lot. Probably nothing in English. Yeah. But uh, that's not English. So there was one thing that was like, like some oxide coating for metal or something. But yeah, it wasn't worth worth trying to stretch it out there. But Amory, what'd you think overall? Um, Where are the tissues? Why did this one not open? Y'all need some tissues before you watch. Oh, Michael Lucero in the chat room saying he thought it was Toys R Us. That's, I actually got more of like a Costco toy section mm-hmm. feel, but... Anyway, I thought it, box I, place. I thought it was a Super 7-Eleven, just like a huge one. Where are the 700 Slurpee machines then? Very true. Very, very true. true. I withdraw my point. Okay then. Um, no, it was it was very sad. I actually didn't realize we got this um, so soon. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought we would drag out a little bit more of his backstory, but you know, as always, it makes sense and it works. You have to have the the backstory to get the front story and all that. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think? Back to front. Back to uh, front. No, but I, I really liked it. I, I thought, uh, like, I, I don't know. I was worried when I was doing my rewatch of it because I, I was like three quarters of the way through the episode and I had maybe a page of notes. And I was like, I'm not going to have anything to talk about for this episode. And then uh, the last 15 minutes or so, <laughs> sorry, yeah. glasses, all this stuff. So uh, it, it was really good. Uh, but the first thing I wanted to talk about a little bit yeah. was uh, – the fact that uh, the lock doesn't really fall that far from the tree, hmm. uh, both literally uh, when him and Boone are out looking for that plane and metaphorically as in his, his biological parents. I, I thought okay. it was interesting how both of Locke's biological parents had aspects of his personality. Really? Uh, his dad had a manipulative streak. Uh, he'll get what he wants, but he understands human nature enough that the transplant has to be Locke's idea. This sounds a lot like the mind games Locke plays with people on the island. He he. he makes people come to something come to a point on their own but they still they're still doing what Locke wants them to do Hmm. but but you know he kind of manipulates them to getting there they like they came up with the idea so he kind of gets that aspect from his dad i think but at least he seems like he's working for good uh you know uh, unlike his dad Mm -hmm. but uh, another point uh, maybe Locke's decision to go walk about and go on this bi- become this big adventurer was because his dad was sort of that kind of guy i'm sure and maybe he was just trying to prove to his dad that he made a mistake or something like that like no no i w- i, I could have been a good son dad i could have been a good son you know yes just a thought just a I, thought. I, I, i'm staring blankly at your uh, impression thing that you just did there oh well that was my impression of terry o'quinn slash john locks I, I think it's terry o'quinn or is it terry quinn o'quinn. i can't remember michael in the chat room probably knows he also says kind of a similar thing with Locke's first episode the big twist comes at the end oh yeah definitely very much so see I actually didn't catch on to the whole manipulative streak thing I have a little bit more about the parents later on but Mm -hmm. that makes sense that definitely makes sense that he harbored that bit Mm -hmm. but maybe he even learned a bit of it from his dad from this experience Mm -hmm. he learned how to use people to his favor oh Quinn Oh, Quinn. Uh, thank you, Michael. Uh, but uh, it, it even started out with him playing Mousetrap or something. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if that kind of kind of hints towards the manipulative nature that Locke could have. I know. I think it was just 
predicting the episode. Yeah, maybe. Uh, But, uh, you know, that's one side of Locke's personality. Another side of Locke's personality I think he gets from his mom. And, I mean, even though it's revealed at the end of the episode as partly an act, partly a lie to get Mm -hmm. some money from his dad or whatever, she seems obsessed with destiny and what's meant to be. And that uh, is something that Locke definitely has a touch of. He has a touch of faith. Uh, yeah. Although I'd say he loses it a little bit in this episode, but more on that later. But yeah, especially like a, and I mean, you can even see that in young haired Locke in this episode where he, he's like, it's meant to be uh, to his father right before they go into the surgery after the detective told him it's never meant to be, even if yeah. it seems like it is, it totally isn't. I wonder if the detective have, was, yeah. was, okay, okay, yeah. well, we'll talk about we'll talk that We'll talk about later. that in a few minutes. Okay, but you wanted, you wanted to talk about uh, John, John, John Locke's gams, right? His- human legs (laughs) um okay so his legs losing feeling was a part of the island's test right like Mm -hmm. what was it about them trying to break into the hatch that made the island take away his feeling because the island giveth the island taketh away (laughs) um i don't like was the island not ready is it because it's it doesn't want john locke to know the inner workings of the island mm-hmm. or is it because whoever controls the island needs that working radio from inside the yellow plane see told you i brought it up <laughs> um i just think that was really weird that it's like he's setting everything up he's been you know speaking to the island and it took away his feeling in his legs, but he didn't like immediately crumble. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I lost feeling in my legs suddenly, I would crumble. Yeah. But it's John Locke, so maybe not. Well, it was like he, he didn't lose. Fe- or he, he lost feeling when he, I mean. Yeah, he lost feeling, but he didn't lose function. So, although I, I don't know, it would. They go together, though. Yeah, yeah you'd feel like, you'd feel like uh, if if he was walking around without being able to feel his legs, he, he would notice because he couldn't feel himself moving his legs. Right. Which is why or the he's ground str- under his feet. Which is why he struggled later on and kept falling conveniently onto a rosary. But so there's that. <laughs> but I thought it was weird that that one instance when the thing I couldn't even tell you what that thing was called though the I'm trebuchet. Like, yeah, that thing. I'm like boo, and I'm like I the big know. weapon thing they were trying to bust yeah. open the glass panel on the hatch with. Yeah, that guy. Um, he that's when he got hurt. When that failed is when he got hurt and when he lost his feeling. So I thought that was really weird. Um, but he regains his feeling, I think, later on when carrying Boone, or was he running on pure adrenaline, knowing that he needed to get Boone to Jack so that he could be saved and helped? I don't know how bad he's actually hurt. He yeah. didn't actually look that bad, but we couldn't see the mm-hmm. once he lifted up the shirt thing. Well, yeah, the shirt thing was like major, like his chest. It was just like oh, ha. Like, was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was all torn to shreds. His chest was. Yeah. How yeah. did I miss that? Okay. Well, know. there's that. But um, uh, he is the one who. Oh, he's the one who convinced him he needed to find something in the plane only to have it fall off the cliff. So I'm thinking he might have really just been running on adrenaline, but mm-hmm. then maybe he regained his feeling on his way back to the hatch to yell at it so i thought that was pretty interesting i'll, I'll hold my tongue oh. because uh, i have some theories on this coming I'm up sure you do <laughs> um but so we can safely assume that he loses feeling in his legs 
his in his original story because he left the hospital against medical advice after donating the kidney, right? Mm-hmm. Like that. We we're just assuming that, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm sure it's solid. I'm sure it's wrong. There's something mm-hmm. else because could something else have happened? Because we the last time we see him in his past timeline, he stops his car in the middle of the road. Yeah, he didn't pull over. You know when I thought he was going to lose uh, the ability to walk when he got hit by the car. When he got hit by the car, yeah. I was like, "Oh, this is it. This is." I when- know. I was like, "That's it." That- <laughs> nope, nope. Gets it right on up and keeps chasing uh, Smoozy Kurtz. Um, but yeah, I thought it was weird. Like he stopped his car in the middle of the road. Maybe he gets hit by a car, a truck, or something, which could, with his already existing injuries, definitely lead to some paralysis. So yeah, there's that. Um, however. Going, this sort of jumps back a little to Boone. Shouldn't Locke have known that something was going to happen to Boone on this mission? Because, mm-hmm. you know, he has his dream vision thing and he sees his mom, which was just weird, Which, but that led him to opening up a little to Boone. Another ghost parent on another, the island. Another ghost parent on the island. And, you know, we have Boone bloody and gross on and pointing, Teresa falls up the stairs, Teresa falls down the stairs, Teresa falls <laughs> up the stairs, Teresa falls down. And we see the plane. Like everything else happens in some way, shape or form. But he, did, it's like he did, couldn't predict that Boone was going to get hurt. It was very obvious that Boone was going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Maybe he didn't um, care. No, I think he he cares very much about Boone because that's why he goes back and he yells. I think that's part of his yelling. Why would you do this to me? Yeah. Why would you hurt the person he cares about? One oh, yeah. of the people he cares about on the island. Well, oh. I, I'm I'm just saying that maybe maybe he didn't care or or he didn't care enough to notice that that was part of the whole vision. He was like, maybe. I have what I need. I know what I need to get Boone to help me get out to this plane to do what the island wants me to. Oh, oh yeah, he was bleeding. Whatever you know maybe um also um when i was like "Eh, his mom whatever no maybe his mom appearing in the dream was a sign that he would continue to lose feeling in his legs there's the association of that time period Mm -hmm. maybe was part of that could be could be i definitely definitely a lot of good points a lot of good points and you're gonna destroy them with your crazy theories yes yes i do have have a crazy theory here about Locke's uh, behavior in this episode, and that's that it's all psychological. 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 Okay. Uh, <laughs> Get the marbles out your mouth, Bill. Fine. Fair enough. I, that's what happens when you invent words. It's all kind of wheelie-deely. Uh, but I, while I'm sure, uh, pretty sure Emery is right on the money about the whole infection, leaving the hospital early thing, mm-hmm. causing the paralysis, uh, this episode made me question, question the nature of Locke's paralysis, I started thinking, could it all be in his head? Like, even before the island. Uh, you know, uh, while his legs fail him throughout the episode this week, uh, it, it seemed like he can think past it. Like you're talking about when he picks up Boone and chases him, or he keeps getting back up and going. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, you know his, his legs start to fail him when he starts to fail. When he starts to fail in his mission to, you know, uncover the hatch oh. and everything. Could Locke's mission and purpose be a sort of magic feather, uh, like Locke's magic feather that is keeping him aloft? Now that he feels uh, like he's not living up to his purpose, the wind is going out from under his ear, so to speak, if we go keep going with the Dumbo metaphor. Uh, oh. But uh, when it really counts, when he has a specific purpose, you know, getting Boone back to camp so he doesn't die, right. uh, it's no trouble at all to carry a man like 10 miles through the jungle. Right. Uh, maybe he's he's never been as paralyzed as we've been led to believe. Maybe maybe it's all in his head. Mm. And uh, let's see. Oh, Michael in the chat room says interesting theory. So. Mm. Uh, 
Which means Michael's holding his tongue. So yeah, it's a d- good theory. Definitely. I, uh, Michael Lusario also had a couple of other uh, comments about Locke. He said, Locke's constant struggle with faith and doubt is one of the reasons he's my favorite character on the show. Uh, and he also says, you can still walk when your leg is asleep. It's intensely uncomfortable, but def- definitely possible. Uh, but yeah, Locke didn't seem too uncomfortable Mm-mm. overall. Uh, but what, what do you think about my psychological theory? I kind of like it. I don't know if it was ever – I don't know if it's all in his head. Mm-hmm. I think there definitely was physical parameters, but I do like the on the island of paralysis mm-hmm. when he's failing, his legs fail. Yeah. Like it's a gift that he has to keep going. So it's, it's the car he has to constantly crank. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of like that. So you you think me reaching back past the island is maybe a bit too far, but I you think can totally too see far. that being the case on the island itself. Yes. Okay. Yes. Fair enough. I'll give you a half seize. <laughs> a half seas. Half seas. Okay, you know you know what else uh Locke had, had a lot of or a lot of half seas of? There we go. Parents. Parents. He had, he had uh two biological parents that uh were kind of half seas. Uh he had several foster parents yeah. who were just, you know, only there for half seas of his life. Yeah, uh, so I, wow. uh, you wanted to talk a little bit about his childhood. I would like stuff, to talk right? about the, yes, his parents and his childhood. Okay, so mom, we get the schizophrenic who was pregnant of a son of a rich family. So that right there, something was going on. You know, he, she gave up the baby for adoption without even telling him. So one can only assume that it was a short-lived one-night thing with the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, again, also coming with her being a little crazy and him being like a more upper-class person. That's usually like hey we met in a bar yeah um <laughs> was let's see what has she really been up to over the course of Locke's life mm-hmm. that she's had to keep going back for money and the such i mean i get it when you have a mental illness you know that causes issues with trying to get jobs but she just seemed a whole nother level yeah uh, <laughs> i don't know what she's <laughs> going on so um was she really upset by the way that um Locke's father treated him or not like it was really hard to read her you mm-hmm. couldn't read any emotions from her ever nothing yeah just crazy it was just a big barrel of crazy even even when she was she was being a big barrel of crazy when they were having the lunch at the diner and stuff it did it was kind of like a blank slate right right so i thought that was interesting um dad however is just a jerk <laughs> uh, <laughs> I kind of feel like I should have seen that coming, but I didn't, and I don't know why. Yeah, the second time through, though, I definitely noticed the manipulation yes. a lot more. You notice it a lot more. Always, when you know what's coming, you know it. Uh, he's obviously been tracking Locke for a while, at least, because, I mean, he knew where he worked, and he knew how to approach him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, that he knew he would jump at the chance to connect with his father. I wouldn't even be surprised if he sent the private investigator in Locke's direction with specific information that he wanted released because obviously Locke didn't know that his father was sick and that's Mm -hmm. something that an investigator easily could have looked up if he's getting treatments, especially private treatments in his home. Yeah, and and, uh, another thing with that is uh, the fact that Locke's dad wanted it to be Locke's idea, the whole thing. Uh, The fact that the detective tried to, no, you don't want to hear from your father, uh, all, all this stuff. To make it even more Locke's decision. Yeah. You know, uh, over in the chat room, Mike Lucero says it's crazy how at the end, Emily Locke seems like sh- what she did to her son was just a little thing, not mm-hmm. the huge betrayal it was. Yes. Definitely. Definitely. But okay. you want to talk a little and bit also, about And also, uh, yes, his childhood. I think possibly one of the – this is one of the saddest things is that his mother assumes he was adopted only to find out that he grew up in a series of foster homes. Mm-hmm. He's never had a family. He has no family whatsoever. 
And I couldn't tell if she was even saddened by this. It felt like it just washed right over her. And I think that's the crazy. I think, wait, but it speaks a lot to his natural character. He didn't come from any great genes, obviously, or parental Mm -hmm. influence because he never was adopted, but he still became a pretty honest and decent person. Yeah. He's always trying to help people, even if he has to take that manipulative route to get there. Mm-hmm. For now. For now. I don't Until know. he becomes the big bad of season five or something. Uh, do they have big bads on this show? I don't know. But you know what's interesting about his childhood, though? Where Box. does this leave the anecdote he told about Kate and Sawyer about the sister and the mother and the dog and all that? I mean, that still could have happened. I guess, yeah. It could I have fully been his foster mom or absolutely, dad. Absolutely. Because he said, sister. A, he said a series of... Um, foster families and um i don't have any personal experience with it but i'm under the impression you can have a foster child for quite a while yeah quite a while and he said i think that he was there for six years and Mm -hmm. i think over that time he definitely could have had those types of relationships but he knew they weren't like real yeah Yeah. so although another touch back to another episode remember when uh he confronted walt or about the fire and walt asked him if if his dad was cool and he was like no now we know why so that's yeah. nice. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Oh, uh, Michael Lucero, yeah, in the chat room says he said in that episode it was his foster yeah. mother. See, I didn't even catch that. Oh, see, I caught that. Oh, did you? I completely caught that. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. I withdraw my question. I withdraw my point. Uh, you know what I, we w- hope you don't withdraw, though, is your love of this show and your willingness to share it with people who matter to you or people who don't matter to you. Like People us. who are complete strangers. Uh, you know, obviously, get out there on the social medias. Promote the show. Yes, please. Tell your losty friends that we're doing the show. Losties. Uh, but a great way you can help anonymous strangers find the show uh, which we love anonymous strangers is by going over to itunes or google uh, podcast and leaving a review and if if you do we'll, we'll read, read it on the show and the past few episodes we've had one to read on the air unfortunately this week we don't slacking you're slacking y'all yeah there are more than I, 12 of you out there listening i will also say that if you've left a review especially in the early days of the podcast go back and double check and make sure it's still there because i have a feeling apple did some clearing out oh really of some suspicious reviews or something i think we lost a couple from some some pretty big name supporters of this show oh so, did we lose michaels yeah yeah uh, so so go back and double check <laughs> and make sure your review is still there if it, if not and it It'll get read on the show, and it's a great way to help support us and do what we do. There's another great way to help support us. Uh, yes. Emery, you want to tell them about it? Hi. We have this thing. It's called a Patreon. Patreon. Over at patreon.com slash universebox. Yes. And it's a way you can make a monthly donation to help support our show, as well as our other shows, uh, Legends of Gotham, our you know passion projects, Scrunchy Crafty mm-hmm. and Infinite Tina. We have a bunch of stuff going on. Universe Box, we've got some – we've actually got a patron hangout coming up in the next week or so where we will invite all of our patrons are all of our contributors to live stream with us and to talk and to hang out and to figure out you know what's going on it's been a while so we like to keep up with them and that is one way you can do that you can donate starting at 10 cents like and really if you, if you like this show another bonus is that you know we delay the release of this show you know over weeks or whatever uh, but but uh, if you want to get the episodes as we record them, obviously we put, post them on the YouTube. But if you want to get them audio on the go, we post the MP3s as soon as we're done recording over at the Patreon too. Mm-hmm. But right now we currently have 26 patrons giving us $123 a month. We love each and every one of you. Uh-huh. If uh, you gave us a kidney, we would not get transferred to our homes before uh, you woke up. Nice. Soon after. And then we'd still lock you out. Nice. But we would 
not we would at least wake up, let you wake up and say thank you thank you for the kidney now bye right if you want to if you want to give us a kidney patreon.com slash universe box and, and remember, remember to, to think, think outside. outside um speaking of patrons monica one of our patrons just joined us in the chat and she said sorry i'm late i was finishing the episode fair enough monica thank you fair for enough. Joining. well we're gonna get started talking about the episode again in just one second yep. but first as always we have our resident lost expert michael lucero in with a little voicemail to talk about Dulce Ex Machina. This was supposed to work. This was supposed to work. The message bottle I sent Bill and Anne Marie, I don't know why it didn't get through. I guess because it wasn't fast enough. But every message gets through if you apply the right force. So I'm just going to build another one of my voicemails. Hope it works this time. And if it doesn't, then the island will tell me what to do. Ooh. Hey, Bill and Anne-Marie, it's Michael. Hey. Well, this is uh, another of my favorite episodes of season one, just for the sheer pathos of Locke's journey mm-hmm. uh, in that flashback. And his frustration on the island and that cliffhanger, quite literally, of what ends up happening. Um, we will see the consequences of Boone's fall uh, play out in the very next episode, and the drama begins nice. to ramp up from there, and really never lets up uh, very, very much before the finale. So one thing that's really explored in this episode is Locke uh, as a man of faith and how he understands his calling and the forms that this calling takes in his life on the island. Uh, He has these visions and dreams, which actually seem to be legitimate uh, supernatural events since they lead him to things that he couldn't possibly have known about otherwise, Mm -hmm. like the... uh, I mean, I guess like Boone said, you could uh, say that maybe he heard Boone talk about Teresa in his sleep, but there's no way he could have known about the Nigerian plane. Um, And yet these new things don't seem to have any direct bearing on opening the hatch. So if there is a person or being of some sort guiding Locke, uh, one has to question whether it's a sinister or a benevolent force. And that's a question I'm still not entirely sure I know the answer oh, great. to. Oh, uh, great. I can't really get into why until you guys get to the final season. There's a lot of complex stuff going on here. Uh, nice. But I did think of something during this watch that I hadn't thought of before. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens to Boone here uh, seems to follow a mo- motif that's found in a lot of traditional supernatural stories or fairy tales that one has to uh, give something up to lose something, to receive some kind of yes. injury of some kind uh, in order to pass into an underworld or other world, yes. which you could argue is what the hatch uh, kind of is. And oh, by the way, the light in the hatch at that uh, is probably one of the my favorite episode endings ever. It's so cool the way that happens. Uh, and then just fades to black. Uh, but in this episode, Locke is really a tragic hero. His faith is tested. His healing maybe is temporarily lost. And all the faith he yes. places in the island doesn't seem to be paying off, or at least not yet. And it's often true with this show that it's very hard to really judge whether or not a character is on the right track about something, uh, especially a matter of faith, until very far down the road. <laughs> things don't uh, <laughs> things don't um, come up very have easy answers like that uh so i'm sure you all have theories but don't be too hasty uh to judge just yet either way i think it's really sad uh especially his flashback story uh some of the show's saddest moments i think obviously not all of them but most a lot of them revolve around Locke. uh i want to say so much more here but it verges on spoilers no spoilers uh, just no as spoilers an, just for an you. aside i have to comment on the names of 
Locke's father, uh, Anthony Cooper. Both Locke and Cooper's names were taken from historical figures, and the historical Cooper and Locke were actually friends. Locke, of course, was the philosopher, and Cooper was an earl who became his benefactor. And interestingly, uh, both men were part of a group called the Lord's Proprietors, who founded the colony of Carolina, the capital of which is currently my home. Uh, anyway, Aww. so that's why you know about. That's it. why you know all of it. <laughs> See, and I thought he was named after uh, Mark Cooper from Hanging with Mr. Cooper. <gasps> Back to Lost. Uh, other moments I loved here were the subplot of Sawyer needing the glasses and having to rely on the help of first Kate, then Jack and Saeed. And even Saeed. though he still behaves anti-socially <laughs> and with his trademark saltiness and snark, uh, he's still taking steps uh, in terms of his rehabilitation and trying to fit into the community of survivors. And I love how they pull this off. It's very subtle, so you can see progress being made with him. But you don't really necessarily see a sudden or drastic shift in who Sawyer is, is as a character. I think it's also a great moment of humor. Uh, I love the progress being made on the raft as well. So, all in all, I'd give this episode 26 out of 27 Korean insults that Michael has learned. As always, thank you, namaste, and good luck. And namaste. A, and a namaste to you too, Michael. Uh, thank you very much, Michael. We always appreciate your input and your feedback and uh, just your general good nature. Um, you're, you're a nice guy uh, and stuff. Uh, hey, Amory, do you have any other thoughts? Stuff. Stuff. And our Facebook live stream has officially ended because my it, phone died. Amory's phone has died. Mm-hmm. So I guess it, it would, it's never been a better time to talk about Mother Mary's heroin radio. Yes! Mother uh, Mary's heroin radio. Sweet, sweet heroin radio heroin radio Uh, okay so uh, yeah i i I wanted to talk about the plane and the radio the plane and the the maybe not the heroin pouches but i hope charlie doesn't find those i know that was like one of my first thoughts i was like no no charlie he just got out and they're bringing him back in again charlie (laughs) don't go to candy mountain but i'm i'm just kind of wondering why did the island want them to find the radio is is help really coming now the voice on the other end did repeat back the flight number if i if i I don't think it did no no, i think right before the plane fell out of the tree they were like oceanic flight 815 or whatever it is uh and uh so i think they heard him the the message did get through uh, but why is it important to what the Make island wants for the castaways? I well, hold your tongue, hold your thought. We'll get to it in just a second. I'm thinking maybe the radio didn't actually reach somebody who could help. I'm thinking whoever was on the other end of that radio uh-huh. wasn't some rescue ship out in the. In Michael okay. says, yeah, it does re- repeat the flight number but it's not some rescue ship out on the ocean who's going to come save them it's not some plane or some navy or something like that i'm thinking it's somebody or something on the island maybe it was the others because aren't they out near the black rock with the radio tower and everything that was along the lines of where i was going what i was thinking it was Mm -hmm. i haven't read ahead did you even go this route was that maybe they because um she changed the transmission Mm -hmm. they've been trying to find a way to send out another transmission with the scary numbers that draw people in yeah because you know that's probably how the yellow heroin Mm -hmm. plane crashed yeah was the numbers pulled them in for some reason so maybe that had something to do with it because they needed a working signal fair enough fair enough and one other alternative uh that that i thought about is perhaps the radio transmission and maybe it wasn't the others maybe the radio transmission awakened something in the hatch Mm. maybe for some reason whatever or whoever or however let's go with that however however the light turned on uh 
and didn't notice the pounding, so maybe it's the deaf guy or something. I don't know. Uh, uh, you'd be feeling it. But uh, maybe maybe there's a shortwave down there that picked up this radio signal and uh, turned the light on for some reason. It, it seems like maybe the light and the transmission uh, connected. Are, are connected. I mean, maybe maybe that's what the episode title refers to, Dusex Machina. Maybe there's a god in the machine under the hatch because oh. there was that buzzing too. So, I didn't hear the buzzing. So maybe there's some oh, sort the of, yeah. So yeah. maybe there's something kind of supernatural going on down there and they picked up the radio uh, <laughs> su- submission <laughs> and, uh, or transmission. Maybe they picked up the radio transmission and it awoke or something kind of makes me think of the movie cabin in the woods when, you know, all these evils start awaking because the kids are in the cabin and they all fill the archetypes and everything. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what, Cross through my head. Spoilers, actually, yeah, if you haven't seen that movie, uh, but it's years old now, so yeah. you should be fine. Yeah. No one's no one's doing We're So Cabin in the Woods. No. So uh, uh, Monica in the chat room says, "I thought the voice said there were no survivors of Oceanic Eight Fifteen. Mm. So that's even more crazy. Well, a month out, they haven't found them. I mean, look but at but they're the, not looking. Well, look at all the planes that have disappeared over the past couple of years that have been had big worldwide coverage. You know, after like a week." They're assumed dead. Like after a couple days, really. Usually, they're assumed dead. That's true. No, there there aren't. And I mean, it's not like search parties increase and increase and increase. They just decrease and decrease. Nah, they're gone. (laughs) Rip those people. Rip those people. Uh, But awful. One thing I wanted to end on, though, uh, with this point is it was a very heroic move by Boone. I, I I was pretty impressed. He knew that the plane was going down, and he chose to keep the signal going as long as he could. Mm -hmm. I, I I think his faith in Locke has definitely been reaffirmed if he doesn't die in the next episode. Yeah. Well, I think it's a bit of he had his faith in Locke, but he also mm-hmm. he knew even if something happened to him, it would save his sister. Yeah. yeah. And well, they're still creepy. Well, I actually I thought it was interesting because the whole Teresa story. Yeah. I, it made him come off as like, oh, wait a second. He's kind of like Shannon. He's kind of selfish and bratty, too. But that's and, when and- he was six. And that changed him. He even makes it very clear that that changed him. Yeah, well, I'm just saying that, you know, I I thought it was a really interesting contrast right after we hear that story to see him make such a selfless sacrifice. Because he knew that falling out of that tree in that plane wasn't going to go well for him. Yeah. But he decided to keep the radio transmission going so maybe everyone else could be saved. Right. I was impressed by Boone. I will give it that. I hope he doesn't die. That would be very bad. Okay, you want to talk a little bit about uh, Sawyer. Sawyer and his headaches. Does this man ever just relax? <laughs> like, he stresses me out. I think maybe that's why I don't like the character that much, is it stresses me out to see him on screen mm-hmm. because he just can't take a chill pill. Yeah. any Over anything, about anything, and acting with anyone. And it's yeah, really he ha- frustrating. He has one mode, smart-ass mode. Like- yeah, I, I, yes. Yes, just he's always in smart ass mode. And after everything that they've all been through over the past month, him and Jack having to work together for various things, him, Jack, and Saeed having to work together. Yes, they had their issues. Dude, you're on an island. Mm-hmm. No one no one else is coming. I know people are coming. But, <laughs> you know, like there's not like a huge influx mm-hmm. of people for you to hang out with. I don't know what he's looking for. He's not trying to talk to anybody. It's like he's trying to be a hermit and it's just it's annoying he's templeton he's templeton but even templeton came around in the end yeah hopefully we don't have to wait the whole time but i mean i'm not asking for them to be friends but you know chill out enough that sawyer 
can go to Jack and be like, hey, dude, I got these headaches. My stash isn't helping. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Maybe he'll find the heroin. Will that help? I don't know if that <laughs> helps headaches. I don't think it does. It does. Trust me. Um, let's see. <laughs> also, I find it pretty surprising that he was so crazed by these headaches if they only started a few days ago. Mm-hmm. I, he should have noticed a progression because with his vision. If it was he just needed glasses, he should have been getting them bit by bit. Like over a month, yes, he's solid reading on a beach. Like, dude, mm-hmm. turn away from the reflection of it, the sun. It just makes me think that he never read before he landed on the island. Almost like that. That's the impression I took away because you would think this problem would have happened to him before, like in school or something like that. But but I, it just made it just definitely made me think that you know maybe this because it's the only thing to do. It's his first time really reading a lot. You know? Well, that, I mean that's fair, but he still would notice the words getting blurry or mm-hmm. that he has to you know pull the yeah. old lady thing. Monica in the chat room says he doesn't want to be accepted because he doesn't accept himself yet. I mean I can see that, but. It don't don't you just I don't know. I just can't imagine living my life so caustic. Awful. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm not always a pleasant person, but I'm not <laughs> good. I don't try to infuse that with everyone I meet. Mm-hmm. Like you can have a bad day. You can be pissed at the world. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Michael in the chat room says Sawyer likes to do things to distance himself from the others anytime he feels himself beginning to be accepted. And that's stupid. (laughs) That's all I've got. That's stupid. Take that, Sawyer. Take that, Sawyer. That's stupid. (laughs) Okay. But you know what? Uh, Even even though, you know, Sawyer is beginning to be accepted. uh, Uh Well, actually, him being accepted in this episode uh, by several characters kind of got me thinking. Uh, really, the gang is really starting to come together here on the island. Uh, you know, outside of the lock part, we saw a lot of the castaways sort of coming together, forming bonds. You know, Michael and Jin mm-hmm. put their differences aside to work on the boat. Uh, Jack pushed past uh, Sawyer's whole thing to yeah. help him because he knew he needed it, even though Sawyer was not accepting of the of the help at all. No. Saeed is done torturing Sawyer and is instead taking time out of his day to make him glasses. Custom glasses. Custom glasses. Uh, custom uh, mashup glasses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, and then even, you know, Kate and I think Charlie and Hurley were standing around kind of making fun of Sawyer's glasses. He looks uh, like Punch Harry Potter. But it's sort of this good natured, friendly ribbing with a lining of relief that he's okay. Because yeah. I mean, you, can, you can definitely tell there's a bit of, oh, we're joking about this because we were worried about this we right. thought maybe he did have a tumor or something exactly what if he did have a tumor there, you, there's nothing yeah there you is can't nothing. you can't do open brain surgery on a beach you can't do anything you get sand in there <laughs> and i mean he already has sandy hair you don't want him to have a sandy brain too wow uh, <laughs> and uh, monica says jack just wants to be in kate's pants fair enough but he's uh, not okay you want to go with that route he's not even trying nobody's trying yeah nope the only people that are trying to get in anybody's pants is Saeed uh shannon <laughs> But I, I, overall, though, it was just nice to have an episode where everybody, there wasn't a lot of infighting, a lot of blaming each other, or people yeah. being fearful for their lives. They're starting to function really solidly as a group. I, and a lot of the thing, all the actions all the characters take mm-hmm. are to serve the group. And I, I, I hope this trend continues because I'd assume before the end of the season, we're going to get some people outside of the group causing some mischief again. Ooh, mischief. I yeah, like so, mischief. so, but I, I just like the, the sort of a theme of unity that uh, started showing itself in this episode, okay. more so than in others. Okay, I'll buy that. Okay. So last but certainly not least, the mm-hmm. tale of Michael Jin. No, last and least. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> 
tale of Mike Ogin in the boat. Um, I know that they were only on screen for a very brief scene, but I thought it was pretty, I don't know, I thought it was pretty interesting the way that they don't like each other, but they're still learning from each other and they're working at a ridiculously fast pace. Mm-hmm. I think their goal is let's build this thing, let's get off this island and let's get the heck away from each other. I yeah. really think that's where they're at. Um, so are we going to get this in the water before the finale? Like that's my, when is this going in the water? I want to see that mm-hmm. blank show because they're not getting off the island. Well, if, if Gilligan's Island has taught me anything, it'll go in the water. It'll get out almost to the edge of the lagoon and then it'll, it'll sink and Gilligan will run back at hyperspeed back across the water to the island. Just like this. So, uh, or Michael, rather. Sorry. Yeah. Is Michael Gilligan? No. I'm going to say Michael's Gilligan. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it, 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 they, it, the, the boat plot line is definitely one they just keep kind of kicking ahead, kicking ahead, kicking to, ahead. Yes. It's one of the ones that actually moves. Yeah. But it, it, just slowly, though. But I, I, I'm assuming uh, it's going to blow up real big before the end of the season. Yeah. Okay. So it's time for the arbitrary scale. Anne-Marie. Yeah. Out of 17 shattered trebuchets. <laughs> How many uh, shattered trebuchets uh, do you give it? And by the way, Michael Sarah in the chat room says that Michael is the skipper. Makes sense. So does that make Jen Gilligan? I want Jen to be Gilligan yeah. so bad. We'll assume yes. But I actually really would think it would be Hurley. Okay, 17 Sorry, shattered 17, trebuchets. 16. 16? Why? Because it was amazing. Mm-hmm. There's always room for improvement, though. Yeah, okay, uh, Michael in the chat room gives it 16 shattered trebuchets and two fragments stuck in Locke's leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, very what good. Are you it? And uh, as for me, as for me, as for me, I am going to give it... Uh, one shattered trebuchet plus 16 shattered trebuchets. I thought it was a really good episode. I really it loved really, it overall. Really good episode. Uh, really kind of a, like emotionally hit me hard. I uh, really enjoyed it. And it, it, it was a nice, it, 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 it was a nice uh, follow up to last week's episode, which might have been my favorite episode of the season so far. Okay. A, and this one, maybe I didn't like quite as much as the Hurley origin story, but I really, really liked it. And I thought it added a lot to Locke's character. And, you know, he had hair at some point which is just amazing of course he had hair at some point everyone has hair at some point i guess not everybody yeah there's no bald baby that turns into a bald kid who turns into a bald adult like that doesn't happen charlie brown boom knowledge okay three hairs Okay, uh, we want to thank you guys for joining us. Uh, as always, we'd love to hear from you. Your thoughts on our theories. Uh, you're, if you're watching, you know, blind like we are, your theories about episodes coming up. Uh, and uh, you can send those over to We're So Lost Podcast at gmail.com. The Facebook is facebook.com slash We're So Lost. The Twitter is at We're So Lost. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. Update from the chat room. Monica gives it... Uh, 16 shattered trebu that word that word uh but uh, something we decided to start asking for last week mm-hmm. is uh, <laughs> we, th- we thought, you know, since uh, some people don't want to write in because they've seen the show and they don't want to accidentally spoil us. Yes. And, and that's fine. That's fine. But what you can do is you can just let us know what your favorite episode of the show is without giving anything away about it. So yeah. be like episode or season three, episode five was really great because it was a really good, I don't know, lock episode. That's about yeah. as far as you can go with it probably but, uh, yeah and, and we got our first one uh, moments after ending <laughs> last week's podcast from michael lucero <laughs> and he says hey y'all uh, you asked for one of our favorite lost episodes and a non-spoilers explanation of why exactly mm-hmm. uh 
It's also absolutely impossible for me to narrow it down to one, so I'll give my top five in episodic odor. Order. <laughs> odor. An episodic odor. Okay, he says the 23rd Psalm. Uh, it's the first flashback for his third favorite character, who doesn't appear until season two, as well as a really great view of one of the show's biggest mysteries. Uh, the man from Tallahassee. Uh, some really Tallah- great- Tallahassee. Uh, some really great moments between my two favorite characters, as well as the answer to one of the biggest questions about bigger questions about law. Aha! Uh, the man behind the curtain. Uh, the first flashback for my second favorite character, who also first appears in season two, uh, as well as the a truly mystifying encounter with a key figure in Lost mythology. Interesting. There's no place like home. Season four's finale has so many epic and iconic moments and a few really sad ones. Let's just say ice plays a significant role. Ice. Is, ice, is that, the, is that nah, the episode nah, nah, where they nah, bring nah, Elsa nah, nah. on for eight or nine episodes and it becomes a Frozen show? Last let but not it least, go. Let it go. Last but not least, the end, uh, the final episode, so much payoff and resolution to all the show's stories and themes and a truly cathartic and beautiful ending. We'd love to hear your favorite yes, episodes, uh, too. So you can email those over to we're so lost podcast at gmail.com. Facebook is facebook.com slash groups slash we're so lost. Yes, uh, the Twitter is at we're so lost. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. And just keep in mind, if you... Uh, uh, send us any commentary about episodes we haven't watched yet. Just label the episode so we don't read it until we get there. <gasps> Michael says, yes. And Elsa's dress doesn't rip even when she runs through the jungle. Amazing. Bunch of once, once upon a time references. Uh, but uh, Anne-Marie, I, it's been a great time tonight. We want to thank it our has. chatters. Yes, thank you. Over at uh, live.universebox.com where we record on Thursday nights, 8.30 p.m. EST. Yes. And thank you to everybody who watched on our Facebook Live. Let us Definitely. know if you like that. We might start doing a little bit more of that type of stuff because that's what the kids do these yeah, days. I might pull it down and put it up on YouTube too. You just for would. Fun okay. And uh, Anne-Marie, where can people find you online? You can find me on the Twitters at Simone and check out my blog, Crunchy. Crafty.com and my hair is a mess tonight. What is it? Doing? And you know what? I, I'm not going to tell you guys where you can find me online because universebox.com. No, no. At Bill Meek said everything. No, no. I'm not telling you. You didn't tell I did. Because as far as you are concerned, dear li- listeners, we're so lost. So I, we want to thank you guys again. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. bye. We love you. Mwah. We love you. 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 I did it five minutes ago. You would. <laughs>